with that song, Good, Good Father, just in our hearts, knowing that this is true. Let us just get into, we are in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 through 11. So that says this, and this is Jesus speaking. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good gifts to those who ask him? So here we come to Matthew chapter 7. We are still in the Sermon of the Mount where Jesus is preaching like one sermon with many parts. There, and, and it's packed full of beauty and grace and instruction for those of us who seek his kingdom first. And that's our heart's desire. And so this sermon would have been preached on a rural countryside like hill, looking at the, the lake. And it would have been preached to folks sitting along the hill while Jesus was speaking. And I actually like was thinking about I love the outdoors. I actually am so longing to be out in them right now, but uh, it's so cold and wet and miserable. I'm when I seek for that, I'm looking for sunshine a little bit along with it, you know. And so even if it's chilly, but um, but we here in this place, we're towards the tail end of this sermon on the mount that Jesus is preaching. Now, one of the things I love is that this sermon started in Matthew chapter five and it ends at the end of Matthew chapter seven. And the entire sermon, Jesus is showing us. Us today and us as Christians for ever since he preached this, what it is and how it is to act, to think, to pray through this world we live in as we seek the kingdom of God and how to be a part of that kingdom of God. In many ways, this sermon that Jesus is preaching is a collection of teachings. So you can read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You can see him teaching these themes that come in this sermon over and over again. And you can actually read the Old Testament and the rest of the epistles. And you can see this sermon shining through in just about every way. And so in many ways, uh, much of what Jesus has said and what he has done and what, what he has taught before even getting to the sermon could be traced back to this sermon. You can draw lines back to the Sermon on the Mount from all over Scripture. And if, if this was the only teaching that we had, the Sermon on the Mount, it would still be sufficient to show us what it means to live for Jesus. Now, I would argue we need the rest of Scripture, right? Like we need the rest of it to help us and help parse this out and help work this out on our lives. But I say this because the Sermon on the Mount is packed. It is so dense in so many ways. And to be honest, we could spend a lifetime going through it and never get tired of it and never grow old and never apply all that's in there to our lives. And so it takes us a lifetime to have this play out. In these verses, Jesus is talking about prayer again. Ask. Ask. Well, that's a prayer. That's a petition. That's something that uh, we're talking about all the time. And he has taught us to pray now he is showing us how God feels about our prayers, about how God acts towards our prayers. As we desire, as Psalm 1 says, as we desire to be trees planted by streams of water, whose leaves do not wither, but they bear their fruit in season, then this helps us stay in the waters that nourish our soul. 
the Sermon on the Mount. And for me, talking about prayer and teaching on it and trying to live it out in my own personal life and hoping that we can all as a church understand this and live out prayer, that we might be a people devoted to prayer uh, is a great and high honor. I actually love talking about prayer. I love thinking about it. I love the nuances. I love the complication of it. And as we uh, desire to walk with Jesus, I believe that prayer is one of the most powerful in, uh, in powerful, somewhat mysterious at times, right? Because we can look at this and we'll get into this a little bit, but ask and it will be given to you. How many of us have asked and it hasn't been given to us or we've sought and it's not been found? Let's be real with it, right? That's where we at. I've come to think of prayer as a very rewarding way of life. And it's, I think like I've said oftentimes in the kingdom of God, this is how we get things done. We pray and then when, when he tells us to act, we still need him in prayer and we go and act in these ways. And I know some of us, love to feel the rewards for doing the right thing. Amen? Like, it's not bad. We can love to feel the rewards of doing the right thing. Jesus knows this about us, and he shows us that there are rewards in the labor of prayer. That they're ask and receive. Seek and find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. These are actions that we can take freely, and according to Jesus' uh, teaching, we should be taking right? Asking, seeking, knocking. So in my studies this week, I got as far as ask and it will be given to you. And there was so much in that, that we're going to be doing this verse next week again, these verses next week. So this is, uh, I think that there's a lot to talk about in asking because it's such a difficult topic when we're really sincere about it. There's a lot to it. So what do we ask for? What is it that we ask for? How do we ask for these things? Is it okay to ask for anything? Which is, I think, a fair question. Are there things that we shouldn't be asking for in prayer? Right? Or can I, like, uh, let me say that this, like, are there things that I shouldn't be asking for in prayer? Like, um, maybe not the harm of somebody, but the, the fall of somebody. And I was in a, I was in a, um, a Bible study in Peoria home where women were coming out of slavery and we read this one psalm, and it talked about kicking the teeth in. And they said, can I pray this for the one who captured me and held me captive? And I was like, oh, yes. However, we need to let God sort out how, like, hopefully he's going to kick him in the teeth with grace. Like, that's the way he does. Like, we don't know, but like, how can we ask? That's a really difficult thing. And so, or can I still ask, even though I've been asking for years and God hasn't seen fit to answer my prayer yet? Should I still ask for these things? So asking in and of itself is a very big and like daunting thing. So when we think of asking for God, some of us are going to need permission to ask God. Ask him for what you want. Some of us are going to need patience um, when we're asking God and when we're seeking him and asking it will be given. And then some of us are just going to need new perspectives. God's going to have to shape our mind and, and, and change the way that we feel about it. So then we can ask in accordance to what God actually wants. But if we are following Jesus and if we have followed Jesus for any amount of time, then we know not everything we ask for will be given, right? But According to Matthew chapter 7, if we ask, what's going to happen? It will be given to you. And if we carry on in its teaching that God uh, loves us and he loves to give us good gifts, in fact, he loves to give us perfect gifts, 
then we get to see what this has, this asking has for us. And so if we want to, de- to dive deeper into this, in this verse, we will inevitably be led to the book of James because it talks about asking quite a bit in there, actually. And this, this happens uh, because James is instructing us further on the art of asking. And so it's being teased out a little bit. James knows that we don't get everything that we ask for. He didn't get everything that he asks for. And so, and, and so there is teaching on prayer all throughout Scripture, all throughout the New Testament. And one thing, though, before we get to James, is Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. Because Jesus here, he went before us. He stands in the gaps for our failures, amen? Like, he stands in the gaps for our failures and, um, and our failures in prayer and our failures in the way that we live, our sins. And we, as God's children, we're made so through Jesus, can come before our Father with confidence. With confidence. In fact, there's other parts in Scripture that say we can come before Him indignantly. We can ask for silly things. We can ask for whatever we want. We can approach the throne of our good, good Father with confidence even if he tells us no to our requests. He still loves us. He still wants good for us. And there is always the possibility of a yes when we, when we ask, right? Hebrews 4, uh, 14 through 16 says this, Since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then draw near the throne of God, uh, the throne of grace, with confidence that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. So as we approach God, right, as we're starting to ask, as we approach the throne of grace and we ask, uh, we get to have our petitions laid down before God. At Grace and Mercy Church, I will say this, and you guys, you guys have been a witness to some of them, and, but not all of them. Maybe my mom is, and I and Mo are close to all, seeing most of the prayers that we prayed for answered. At Grace and Mercy Church over the years, as we've done prayers for others and we've done different types of prayers and prayed out loud for different things, how many prayers have we seen answered? Like, it's a tiny church and we've seen a a lot answered. And you know what? We're going to see more. We're going to see more of them answered. We have asked for and seen big things and little things. We have seen God work in this way, and I continue, I pray that we will continue to be people who are dedicated to prayer, that we might feel the permission to ask for crazy things, big things, fun things, blessings that seem extraordinary, as well as the small things that seem mundane and the serious and the spiritual and all that kind of stuff. That we can just go before God with this idea that we can go and let and draw. Uh, confidently draw near to the throne of grace and just simply ask. Let God have his way. As we approach the throne of God's grace and ask, we have, uh, at at, at this church and in our personal lives too, we have received a lot of no answers, right? It's just the way it is. It's the way it goes. There is much in prayer that is a mystery. We don't know all the reasons why some prayers are answered and some are not. All we have to do, though, is live long enough in this life of prayer to know 
that prayer is not about asking and receiving just kind of like bing, bang, it just happens. Yet, asking and receiving are both a big part of prayer. So now to James. Okay, so if you have, you can turn in your Bible. I didn't put it on the screen. I apologize. But James chapter 1, verse 17. It says this, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, to whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. So God is never changing. Amen. And God, this God who gives good things to those who ask him, this is our God. So when we come to ask, let us put this in our hearts as something that we can draw near to the throne in confidence. And we know that God's good, even if he says no, he's got a good reason for it. And so this echoes the words, this in James 1, echoes the words that we have before us today in Matthew chapter 7, verse 11. God gives his children good gifts. Verse 7 tells us, ask and it will be given to you. And then the story about how much better God is than we who are even good parents give to our children. God wants good things for us. So it's important to remember this in prayer. He wants good things for us. He knows the world that we live in. He knows what we need and he understands us and he wants good things for us. So even if the answer seems to be no, it is God who is good to us and all good and perfect gifts come from him. And so we settle this in our hearts at the initiating of asking. So when we ask and do receive, what is it? It's a gift from our good Father. Amen? When we ask and don't receive the thing that we ask for, that too is a good gift from our Father. Maybe we don't understand it, and maybe something God has something better for us or something that will equip us better for the work that He has for us to do. But as we ask, we can know that God is working out the minute details of your life. He's working it out. I don't find it... Um, I don't find it a coincidence that I was really thinking about the immigration policy and then the, or the immigration people and they emailed me this week. I don't find that ironic because that's the way that God does it. He puts things in our hearts and he's working out good for his glory. Amen? He wants good things for us. And since we don't always know what is good for us, right? Just as children don't always know what is good for them. Candy is not good all the time. Amen? Sometimes the answer is no. But it doesn't matter how many times we hear no, we can keep approaching this throne of grace that God sits on with confidence. We can keep our prayers ever before him and we can trust that God knows better than we do. And I'm not saying that this is easy. He is beyond us. And he knows better than we do. And he knows what we need better than we do. And how, and he knows how and when to give the good gift to make it a perfect gift and whether the things we asked for would be uh, 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 and whether the thing we even asked for would be a good and perfect gift if we backed up in james james chapter 5 uh, 1 verse 5 it says if any of you lacks wisdom which we all do at times amen we can just start at admitting that let him or her ask god who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him Sounds familiar, right? This Matthew chapter 7. Let him ask in faith. Here's an instruction. Let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person, the one who doubts, must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded man and unstable in all his ways. So here is another teaching in the art of asking. We ask in faith. No doubting. 
Okay, this is hard, right? Sometimes we're like, it's like, God, I know you can, but do you want to is a big one, right? Like, so we, we know and we ask in faith. I believe this is why it's okay to ask God for anything. Because as we can ask him for what is good, and he is going to give us good gifts, and when he knows that we need him, he will give it. And if we pray for things in faith, this will help temper our prayers. This It's kind of like putting a filter on our prayers. I can pray and ask God that he might give me a Bugatti today, right? Just a really nice car or something like that. And I know that money is no obstacle for God. I can come before him and boldly ask and ask him. If I were to put this request before God and then put it in, in, in faith and put it, or put it through the filter of praying boldly, it can still fit in. It is a bold prayer that I know God can answer. However, when I put it through the filter of praying without doubting uh, that God wants good gifts for me, it kind of starts to filter that out, right? And I use a Bugatti because it's silly, right? It's just one of those things. Then, then in prayer, it falls apart. And I realize that a Bugatti probably wouldn't be a good gift for me. So I can't fit my family in it. And my family's the most beloved, you know, maybe I can fit one or two. I don't drive very fast anyway, so it's not needed for that. And it would be wasted on me because I couldn't even afford the insurance for it. So there's a lot of things going on there. I can, I cannot ask for a Bugatti today in good faith. I just can't. And when we, and I use that as a silly example, but when we put it through that filter, I can't do it. And so it kind of gets, okay, Lord, I guess more practical, you know, something like that. But, but when it comes to the fruits of the spirit or the idea of wisdom or the idea of faith, the things that I know the Holy Spirit is working in my life, then I can ask with full faith and full confidence that this, that I can muster up. When I ask God to give me a heart of repentance, you know what I can do then? Ask in faith that he'll do it. When I ask God to work on the heart and mind of a loved one that might turn towards him, you know what I can do? I can ask in faith without doubting that he wants to and that he can and that he will do it. I fully believe over time that God will answer these prayers, even if it doesn't look like it in the immediate. I can see that God has answered uh, my prayer to keep close to him the, pray that, the prayer that I prayed when I was a little boy. Lord, let me be near you. So my little boys, the little boys in here, like the little girls in here, anyone who is younger than me, uh, we can keep praying that we can keep close to God. Anybody older than me should pray this as well, I'd just say. So, more feverishly. Yeah, more feverishly, right, yeah. That, that we will follow him all the days of our life and that we can pray this in absolute faith that God will give this to us, that... We can ask and it will be given to you. And this doesn't mean that our life will be easy. It doesn't mean that we won't have like troubling times or anything like that or that we won't feel that God is distant. But over time, we can see that God will, he can, and he will answer this prayer for us because it's in accordance with what he wants. The object of our prayer is not as important as our motivation. I used to be Gaudi as an example because it is something silly. But I've prayed for things as far-fetched as that, and God has said yes. Healings, and I've seen God do it. I've seen God do miracles time and time again. And I have asked for the smaller things sometimes, and God has said no. And I'm a firm believer, though, that we can ask God for anything, anything. And I, I, like... Literally, I'm thinking about this materially. Think about the thing that you just want. 
Can you ask God for it? Absolutely. What about spiritually? What are you working on spiritually or mentally or emotionally or even situationally? Like my grandma used to pray for parking spots, right? And then she would drive around the parking lot for an hour until the one right next to it. And then you know what she would do? But look what the Lord provided. It's like, Grammy, you should probably have a handicap sticker, but that's a different story. You could have parked right up front right away. But I'm a firm believer that we can ask for safety and a sense of belonging, right? So the, we can ask for a car, whether it's a real car or a remote controlled car, and we can ask for peace. We can lay these before God. We can come boldly. And as we pray, we get to examine our hearts. We get to explore if the thing we ask for will bring us closer to Jesus or not. Will it help us follow him or will it take us away from him? James 4 verse 2 and 3 says this. You desire and you do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. But I love this. This has to do with prayer. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Again, a lesson in asking, right? This, this word that we're looking at. James will show us one more reason why our prayers might be answered. Remember, we are dealing with this verse that tells us, ask and it will be given to you, okay? But there are times when we ask and we know that the motive is wrong, okay? Let's, raise our, let's do a raise of hands here. How many of us have prayed for money? Anybody? Yeah, I know I have. Many uh, have actually been given this request, and, and I've seen this with my own eyes. They were given the request, and then they walked away from Jesus, it, it polluted their mind. They, they were actually granted the thing that they said that they wanted, but they're missing out on so much. Many have actually, I think about it this way too, many have prayed for knowledge. And then they, they receive more knowledge and they use that knowledge to walk away from their creator, to walk away from their faith. This happens all the time. Some have been given the things that they asked for and you know what they did? They spent it wrongly. They spent it on themselves. For those who walk away because of an answered prayer that they've spent on themselves, but the thing is that Jesus gives to us freely. You know why? So we can live open-handedly. Whether that's knowledge, money, whatever it may be. We can live open-handedly. So I take money because it's so prevalent, it's so needed in our, in our culture, right? It's not wrong to pray for money. Not at all. The money is needed in the world that we live in, the economy that we live in. Many can be used to spend wrongly, of course, and it can be used to spend, though, as God would direct. This is something that he does. When we ask, this is another filter, we get to explore our motives. Right? Are you faithful with little? Are you going to be faithful with much? That's not just money. That's faith. That's patience. That's all these different things. As we explore our motives, some of the prayers we are going to let go of and be thankful that God didn't answer those, at least right away. If we gained all the money in the world and lost our soul, it would not be worth it. God's gifts are good. They're not only good, they're perfect. And he wants them for our good. And there are times when he withholds from us because he knows that that gift is not going to be good for us. 
We ask. That's what we do. And we can trust that we will receive what God has for us as a good and perfect father. In asking, I pray that we might explore our motives. This is a big deal. This is a big part of asking is that we explore our motives, that we can ask and pray boldly. We can pray in immediacy. We can pray with thought. And I pray that we might trust and come to know that God is good, regardless of the answer. And his gifts are perfect, that he gives and will bless his children, not so that they might spend them spend it on themselves. Although I will say this, a lot of our prayers that are answered, it's a benefit to us, right? Say, take for instance, your loved one who you've been asking to come to Jesus. Isn't it more beneficial to like have those good godly conversations that you can have with people that aren't close? It is. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful gift and that's not spent on us. So we get to come and ask for these things because he's good and he gives and will bless his children right? There's a blessing to us, not so that we might spend it on ourselves, but that we might in turn be a blessing that God intends for us to be. These verses from Jesus seem straightforward. It's like, this is the way I kind of picture it. Ask equals receive. Seek equals find. Knock equals open. And yet we have some work to do in the equals part. Right, like it's not like there's not a time frame between ask and receive or or uh, knock and have it open to us. It's like we have to live in that part, and prayer can be answered, and it often is answered immediately. But the longer that we walk with Him, oftentimes the hanging on to the prayers that we have that we know are from God, they're not answered immediately. It's, we have to be patient. We have to keep praying. We have to keep it before him. In fact, one of the main teachings on prayer that Jesus will show us a little bit later is that we get to be like the persistent widow who just keeps knocking on the door. Keeps knocking on the door indignantly. Hey, give me, give me this, give me this, give me this, give me this, give me this. We get to be a little child in that way. But I will say this in closing. Prayer is complicated in the living out. Prayer is complicated in the living out. I believe that there's so much nuance to it, so much that gets lived out in prayer. And we can be honest with it and just say, look, ask and receive. Okay, I I believe this. I don't know how it works. I don't know how it works. I was talking to a friend this week about this particular text, and it has somebody that has, I've watched them ask and ask and ask, and they have not gotten any answers. And yet I've watched. I don't know if they can see it, but I can see it. I've watched God be good to them and at least provide their daily bread, right? And prayer can be answered and we can be honest with the difficulty of it. Many of us have prayers that have gone unanswered for years and we know 100% that they are in accordance with God's will. Our loved ones that might come to know Jesus, maybe our sick friends that they might receive health or that God might work on the hearts of the ones that we care about, that God might give to us this day, our daily bread, that we pray all the time. So I'm going to leave us with this. Are we willing to ask? Some of us need to let that question sit. Are we willing to keep asking? Or in other words, are we willing to wait? Or even again, are we willing to trust that God knows better than we do? Are we willing to explore our hearts and accept the answer that God has for us? I pray so. And I pray asking in faith that I know that this is what God wants for us without doubt. 
I pray that we might dive a little deeper into this vast world of prayer. And that vast world of prayer is about trusting God and that our good Father knows best and wants best for us. So Jesus, we come before you and ask. We come before you and ask. Lord, we have so much on our hearts that we ask for, things that we desire. Lord, help us sort through these things so that we can learn to trust you at a deeper level. In Jesus' name, amen.